Welcome back to the Sports Booth Podcast, episode number 15. I am joined by my co-host, Hughes. G'day, g'day. How, how was your weekend, mate? Saturday was pretty good. <laughs> Sunday was pretty good up until about 6.50. After that, it started going downhill. A bit. About halfway through that. About, yeah, yeah. halfway through something. Just, yeah, <laughs> Something just changed your whole weekend. Mm, yeah, not with, great. With a sour note on it. Definitely, definitely <laughs> not one of my more memorable weekends. Yeah, I mean, for me, for me, not neither as well. I must say, in, in the sporting context, uh, yes. it was a couple of, I guess, a, a dull first game, mm. and then uh, uh, can hardly call it even a win. Barely, like it'd be stretching it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get deeper into it because yeah. it, it, there is a bit of humor around it, just yep. because of the shit, the stick I was getting for the performance that my team was putting in. Yep. Um, but yeah, we'll get into all of that on the podcast today. So yeah, we've got Super Rugby. NRL uh, and a bit of American football. Those are our, our three major sports we cover, as I say, every single week. But we start off with Super Rugby, which yep. was, it was a good week. I guess it was. Even, even though though my team lost, it was still uh, an all right week. Yeah, I guess, uh, you know, we got a treat of sort of seeing um, double double Blues this weekend. Double yeah. Blues, double Pacifica. Blues winning both of those ones. Um, but I think the biggest game of the round... Arguably, was the Reds and the Brumbies. It was again top of the table clash, and you can say all you want about like the Chiefs and the Hurricanes probably could have matched it, but but for I think Australian perspective, it was the biggest yeah. game of the round, and it was it was an interesting game. I must say, I was I was a bit mesmerised by how the Reds were able to attack the Brumbies. That's what I thought the Brumbies were going to be like this whole season, yeah. And they've proven me wrong at every point until this game, where I was like, wow, this Reds team. Yeah, it was very disappointing. I tipped the Brumbies in this one, considering the Reds had a couple of key injuries. But I, I, yeah, it was I, just I, a, I, they just is, looked very flat. It's a funny stat. There was the the stat from the game, and I, as I mentioned it more and more as it was getting later on in the game, I go, "How how did you tip the Brumbies when it's been what was it like two thousand one hundred and fifty six or seven days since the Brumbies had won in Queensland against the Reds?" Yeah. So obviously, it's not a not an easy place to go and win, and everyone knows that. Yeah. Um, so I guess. That that was something that came. It's got into to change it. at some point. At some point, you know? and again, those those are two very good teams. It wasn't like yeah. it was a blowout, and even as as good as the Reds looked, I thought that was their best game of the season, especially defensively. Like not a lot of teams, the Brumbies are kind of your Australian version of the Crusaders. They have a great rolling mall, and they stop a rolling mall. Yeah, the Brumbies couldn't get their rolling mall going at all, and couldn't really break down that attack. Now, it does does interest me that Tom Banks wasn't there. I am mm. a, a firm believer as Tom Banks is the best. Australian Super Rugby player. Now, what that means is he's highly talented against Australian Super Rugby teams, and when he's playing for his Australian Super Rugby teams, as soon as he starts to go into the international stage or against New Zealand teams, it's not all there. But this game, I was like, he was missed. There, yeah. was, there was a massive something was missing with that that Brumby spark, and I was like, well, uh, I I don't know how long he's out for, but mm. that was a little spark that I just said. Yeah, that was missing. something I didn't take into my tips was his absence, but. I only looked at the Rebs, Reds absentees, and I, did, I should have paid closer attention to the Brumbies as well. So, look, hindsight is twenty twenty, <laughs> and I'll do my research a bit better this week. Yes, and then and then obviously probably the actual physical game of the round, as much as the paper game of the round was that Brumbies Reds one, was the the, the Chiefs versus the Canes, and the Canes, my Canes, just uh, they find a way not to to give up, but they also put themselves in some pretty dire situations to yeah. force a comeback. Uh, obviously, they were down 30-15, brought it back to 30-29, and, and couldn't quite get over the line. Again, as a Kane supporter, chances are we're going to make the finals. 
yep. the, the top eight. There's a very, very, very good chance we make the top eight. So I'm not too worried. Even if we have to go away, I think we can we can do that. It's uh, kind of where you position yourself on the table, and there'll be some really interesting matchups as we get towards the end of the season yeah. about positioning and where we position. Because we've had it wrong, and I only realised this recently. I thought you played the first three teams that you played at the start the second time around. So you know how we you yeah. played? I thought that was... You just doubled up on that draw. It's not true because the Reds and Brumbies only played a mere two weeks ago. And so what they've actually done is made the draw so that those games, like the Reds and the Brumbies, you want to see Reds and the Brumbies twice a year rather than the Brumbies and Fiji and Dura. Yeah. So same Crusaders and Blues, I think, will be... Tw- so they've highlighted the, the derby, so like okay. Highlanders and stuff. So it's rather than it's just being the first three teams, it's actually based off what... What the what what the head honchos at Super Rugby think yeah. that that you will like seeing, and, okay. and we did like seeing the Reds yeah. versus Brumbies twice. I'd, again, they could play every week, and I'd probably tune in just about because th- that was an interesting game. But I am a little bit now. I don't know where the draw goes, so I'm interested to see how it's all going to play out along this kind of road. Yeah, uh, I think you know, come uh, finals time, it's going to be. It's going to be tough to be watching as an Australian supporter. I think, like, it's still, even though the Reds did beat the the Brumbies this weekend, it's you still feel like it's, there's still a step below all the New Zealand teams. Like, I, I would feel better if there was one just like super dominant Australian team, yep. just wipe the floor with all the other Australian teams. Even if there was wipe the floor with the Waratahs, like at least you know, okay, we've got a strong team to match up against the New Zealand teams. But the fact that it's everyone's been sort of like competitive with each other it's been great watching might not bode so well for when we come to play the New Zealand teams and it, it's all that fear that underbelly fear of yeah. uh, the Aussie team's going to be up to it like no one knows yeah. yet like as much as we're watching in, in Moana Pacifica beating the Hurricanes probably gives everyone a little bit of yeah. hope when you see the Hurricanes team that turn up for those 15 minutes against the Chiefs when they turn up it's like uh, is, is any any Australian team going to be able to take take this step up to this level. Again, we will find out, and, and mm. I do think there will be wins. I think, like again, I yeah. don't think the Highlanders will beat every single uh, Australian Super Rugby team, but I also think you watch the Highlanders just play the Crusaders in Christchurch to only lose by three points. Yeah, it was That was a performance of their season, and again, unlucky to lose, but it's, it's the Crusaders' way. They, they just win games. Mm. I go... There's, there's potential there that a team can knock over a Crusaders if they if they play them play well enough, play up to that level, especially at home. The fact that it's going to be travelling across the ditch and stuff like that, I yeah. think there's, there's definitely some potential. For sure. And then the last, well, not the last game, but the yeah. last game of the round that we are covering, obviously the Tars getting a, a good win. That was Hoops, the, Hoops that, is back. Hoops is back. That was the most, more one of the more impressive wins, I'm going to say, from this weekend and, and of your season because... Mm. We've now seen that the Dura stay in games. Yeah, they yes. lost to the Rebels last week, but again, they kept on fighting. You you kept the Dura out, and defensively were very good. I was like, for, for players missing, you know, obviously no Ben Donaldson, uh, I think Tane Edmund, he say his name, Ed, Ed, Edmund, I think. Um, he was very good, the 10. I just I sat there and I went, that was a better Warriors yep. performance again. Like, like I remember when we, we went and watched the first Dura game, mm. and I was like, it's good to be playing them early because they'll yeah. get this competition. They've got this competition now, and you still managed to put them to the sword, which I was yeah. I was impressed and about. there wasn't like a late sort of when the replacement. I, one thing that's been good is that the the what you in the graphics that we put up, there's you have we have the starters and the finishes. In that round one game, the finishes definitely look like they shouldn't even be finishes. <laughs> they should be just reserve players, shoot shield players. But they've gotten better uh, at actually finishing the the game out and. 
in that first game, you know, even though there wasn't a chance for the Dura to come back, the scoreline was stu- so disparate. Uh, they still put up a big fight in that period of time where the finishes were on the field, um, but obviously not as pronounced this time, which is good. It's improvement. And that's that's the whole thing about the Waratahs is just improvement. It's not, uh, you know, this isn't the Waratahs year. And it, with the, I've said it from the start of the season, um, even though I pick them every week, but I've got to pick them every week. Um, <laughs> Just like Lewis could have picked the Hurricane every week, even when he knows they're going to lose. Uh, <laughs> so we've got you've got to pick. We've got to, I've got to pick them. Um, and this is not their year, but this is the year that will lead to their year. Like Definitely. this is the year that, that they improve. And yeah, it's been it's been great to see so far. I like a lot of the pieces they've got there, um, even outside of their, you know, even outside of superstar Michael Hooper. Um, but yeah, I think their best play is Parise, and he's I, yeah, I'm falling in love with him. <laughs> a bit, just a little bit. Can't wait to see what he does in a in a Wallabies jersey come championship time. Well, I, I think he's going to struggle just about to, to get that. This is what this is the issue I had. Yeah. I, I named my Wallabies form team, and as many point out, your thirteen options at the moment are fantastic. Now, yep. Hunter Pasami should never play twelve again. Like mm. I know he's played twelve for the, uh, them before, but your thirteens are Ikatel, Parisi, and Pasami, all fantastic players. Yep. Like again, that's 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 a strength of yours where. I'm sitting here, I'm like, you guys are looking good in that centre department. You don't have to worry too much about that. Yep. So uh, it'll be interesting how... Um, well, yeah, Paisami himself is having an incredible season. So, yeah, look, Rennie's going to be spoiled for choice there. 100%. But, it, yeah, depth is never a bad thing to have. One of them goes down with injury and they're, you know, they're not immune to injury, then you've got someone that can step in and make a, a huge difference. And, you know, we're, we're not even considering the... Uh, players playing overseas no, either. Exactly. So we've got, yeah, there's options um, all throughout the, the back line, which is going to be great for the the Wallabies. It's going to be moulding them into a cohesive unit that can withstand the pressure of an All Blacks attack and, and equally can string together not just individual pieces of play, but a, a teamwork bit of play. And every time I watch the Wallabies play against the All Blacks, it, at some point there's some sloppiness and you just you can't do that against the All Blacks. You have to be perfect. Um, and, yeah, it might be might be harsh to say, but halfback's got to be perfect. And that's where it starts. Halfback and uh, fly half, those balls have got to be perfect every single time. Ten out of ten times. Nine out of ten times is not going to cut it. So I don't have any issues with sort of our centres and outside backs and things like that, but that's where I'm worried is in the middle of the park. Well, what I'm interested in, and I've got to, I'm going to have to send the, the the graphic to you. I don't know if you've seen it. There's this video, and maybe I'll, I'll once I've finished this discussion, I may put this on Instagram as a clip and then have, as you swipe across, you'll see the actual clip I'm discussing. But it's talks about players and where they play for their clubs and like when they were playing Queensland, New South yep. Wales and stuff, and how that they moved on to Australia and then you're successful around your club. Now, I named that form Australia Wallabies team. Uh, I do it every two weeks on the Instagram, so if you haven't seen it, jump on the Instagram. Mm-hmm. But... Name that form team. Out of that form team, out of the starting 15, I think 13 were from the Reds and Brumbies. Maybe even 14. I think it was, no, yeah, 14 were from the Reds and Brumbies. Yeah. So I go there, I go, your Reds and Brumbies are your two best teams. It's not. Yep. I don't do it by by looking at it. I, I, I couldn't care who I name, realistically. It's all just a New Zealanders' opinion on what I'm seeing, who's in form. I mean, I've got Angus Bell. I think I had Angus Bell on the bench mm. in that team. So there are positions where I'm like, man, they're probably, like, if you weren't naming just the form team, You'd, you'd have different players. But I go, those two teams are so dominant, you're going to have you a big bunch of players from there. 
you look at the Crusade, uh, the the Crusade, the All Blacks team and the forty man squad I just named mm. today. I did it on an Instagram as well. I, I I've copied I what the Wall- one, yeah. what what the Wallabies did, and I used all the exact same positions. And I went and look, and I broke it down, and I was like, a lot of our good players are spread out. Like yeah. there's there's a lot of spread at the moment. I think there was only about three Highlanders, and other than that, those top four teams, there's a lot of spread between them. Yep. So I'm like, I wonder if we are going to see a, a disjointed kind of New Zealand team come together when we do come together because they're playing for all these different franchises, stuff like this. Whereas if Australia predominantly names Brumbies and Reds, and it's not to say that a, 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 a Waratah couldn't be in there, it still works with one or two Waratahs. Well, Ho- you know Hooper, I mean? Hooper's going to be in there. Yeah, definitely. Again, yeah. Uh, Hooper, you're probably going to bring Karevi back. Yep. Um, so I, I look at that and I go, you know, and even Angus Bell could probably start. But say, say your dominant, dominant, Group is Reds and Brumbies. Mm. You're in. Like, I just. I think that'll be interesting to see if that, like you said, that the chemistry, yeah, the chemistry that those they've played against each other about a hundred times in the past three years. They've played with each other. You know, like you said in that middle, Tate McDermott and uh, James O'Connor are your nine and ten. Yeah, just about uh, the way Tate McDermott played. And again, that's not taking away from what Jake Gordon's doing, what Nick White's doing, yeah. but. Those that's 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 the playmakers at the moment. So I just I'm interested, and I'll I'll, I'll definitely post the video that I've seen, and it, it broke it down really well about how so many different players coming from different actual regions and different teams actually made the All Blacks a lot worse than they were. So that'll be an interesting thing to consider when we go into into uh, international window and stuff like that. Yeah. But what I did want to talk about from this week's Super Rugby was red cards. Now, mm-hmm. I'm a big believer in the red card, yellow card. I wasn't a big believer in the orange card that everyone's been discussing this orange card. Now, red cards at the moment in Super Rugby, 20 minutes in the bin, that player can't come back on. Yep. He has to be replaced. Now, other than the Fiji Endura against your team, seven ga- six, no, there were seven red cards mm-hmm. in this week. Out of the teams that did play, and the Dura were the only ones not to win with a red card. Okay. So you looked at the Queens and Reds, yep. the Blues, could name a few more, but there's mm-hmm. so on from this round. The Hurricanes and Chiefs were the only teams to not have any cards in their game. So out of the blue, uh, I know there was one in the minor Pacific Blues, the first one. So all these red cards we're getting, 20 minutes, it's not really taking an effect. And a really good article today where it's saying, this is what the Southern Hemisphere has an issue and they haven't implemented the 20-minute card rule because they think for a red card you shouldn't be able to be replaced because it's not a big enough impact. So we saw in England against Ireland, the red card after a minute 22 seconds. So then the idea is, in a moment where the Fiji Endura, again the captain, can't remember his name, took off Tane's head, it's a red card, he should be gone for game. You look at Caleb Clark's incident, well yes it's reckless, but is he... Is it, a, is it a purposeful, forceful yeah. attempt to take him out? Probably not. Should that be an orange card? And then here we go 20 minutes, and then we go there. Anything that's, you know, forceful, you, you, it's it's foul play, really bad foul play, should it be a red card and an orange card? Now, I've I've always said, no, you, you have your red cards, you have your yellow cards. I, I don't mind testing the 20-minute rule to see what it changes, but now yeah. I am so open to the orange card because I think something like that Fiji Endura game should have been a red card. Caleb Clark should be an orange card, and... If you do something dirty enough, again, that Reds game, that's where I'd be like, it does make it a bit, a little bit, that's up to the rest decision. You yeah. Know, like. I think, so my opinion, I guess, is that uh, if you're going to get rid of the 20-minute thing and just go back to the old system, then you need to elevate what constitutes a red card because, as you said, there are offences that are being committed that are being given red cards 
but are not as serious. I think like a red card where a player's gone for the game, can't be replaced, more than likely going to miss other game time, and um, the, the team as a collective is punished for it. It needs to be a really serious offense. It needs to be intentionally breaking the rules, essentially. You need you need to have a player that is intentionally um, doing something really, really horrific, basically. Yeah. So, you know, there's a couple of examples that, like Lockie Swinton um, in his debut, you know, he got red carded for a shoulder where arguably the player slipped into it or Swinton came up with the, yeah, with the shoulder. Yeah. And he got red carded for that. And so he'd gone for the whole, whole game. And it's like, that is... That's such a judgment call from the ref. You can't argue. You can't. You can't say with de- definitiveness that Simpson was purposely using his shoulder to target the head in that instance. There are other occasions where you can see that, where someone just is completely, uh, com- completely reckless, where there's no wrapping of the arms or where they're intentionally trying to hurt someone. Then you can say, okay, that's a clear red card. So for me, for, for to to warrant that level of punishment, it has to be very clear. Now. But then you might have an issue of, well, then were you just yellow carding something that is more serious than other yellow card offences? And maybe that's where you need to bring in the, the orange card uh, and instead of just a, a 10 minutes on the sideline, it's 20 minutes on the sideline and you're out for the rest of the game, but that's it. You're just out for the for, for this for this game. Or or maybe you have to go to the judiciary and you miss max one week or something like that. Yep. But I think that the... What's being called as a red card needs to, is, is too low of a threshold. It needs to be raised. Yeah, I see what you mean. So, yeah, if you were to bring in the orange card, you would then that red card. Because that's the issue at the moment. Like, yeah. it's, it's hard because, like, the ref with the Caleb Clark situation, it's reckless. It's made contact with the head. So the facts, like, following the guidelines of the rules, yeah. it's like everyone's like, well, oh, there was an Andrew Murnan's one, the red, the red card in the, in the Reds game as well, I think it was. And he was like... These aren't the facts, you know. That that is what is happening. Yes, it's yeah. the facts, but it's like it doesn't seem right. And it is. Yeah. Yes, you've hit shoulders connected with the head. That means you know there's no mitigating factors. It has to be a red. So if we go, okay, shoulders connected with the head. There's not a high degree of force, or it's bounced up, or it's yeah. slightly, you know, this or that. Okay, that's an orange card. It's higher than the yellow because we're still targeting yeah. the head. I, I I now start to see the reason because I, they're making all the right calls. Like in all these red cards. Yeah. I don't think there's been following, a, the, following the guidelines. There, there hasn't sure. been a single wrong call because yeah. it is following exactly what they're saying to the law. So I'm like, again, I don't put this any of this on the ref. I'm like, that's following the rules. But you're, you're, I don't, and I also don't think that because of the red cards now with 20 minutes, I don't think it's mitigating people. Like, yes, you've got to change your technique and stuff. And yeah. then, but this isn't changing it enough where people will be, you know, still not tackling slightly higher just yeah. to keep the hold of that ball and stuff. So I don't know. I think there's. At the moment, we're just in this. Oh yeah, th- yeah. We're, we're in the right, but is this the best? Still, the, still best figuring it out. Yeah, kind of. And that's you know that that's okay. Like so, you know, I, I'd rather that they take some time to get it right than to stick with the wrong decision or to stick with or to just leave things as they are just because you're unwilling to try something. I'd yeah. rather that they tried something than just let it sit. Like, Definitely. yeah. And they, they had to change because they, again, they're facing lawsuits. You, yeah. You've seen it in league as well where you're facing head, head injuries and stuff like that. So I guess 
they had, they had, something had to change, but I'm interested to see where this is going to go. I think there's going to be more and more discussion for the orange card and the red card. Yep. And it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if we get to next year and they go, yeah, we'll have an orange card. Like, test it out in Super Rugby. Yeah. This is the time to do it. You know, you're building up to a World Cup. The last thing you want is a World Cup being decided because, again, someone's followed the rules to law. We haven't changed the red card yeah. in an international format to 20 minutes. A Cor- Corabetti-type situation against mm-hmm. France, I, that popped up on my timeline again, and I went... Ah, that is a red card in the rules, but it's such a soft red card. Do you yep. know what I mean? And he was gone for the game, and what was that, like four minutes in or something like that, yep. even less? Very, and very serious game. And you're like, man, that just doesn't sit right for the, for the game of rugby. So I'm interested to see where mm-hmm. that goes. But enough about rugby, because we've, we've got a big... A bit, of, a bit to talk about in the rugby league circle. So we'll start with my, my team and my situation. So my Titans battled... Battled hard for a uh, seventy nine minutes in the same way a seagull with one wing battles for a hot ship. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't pretty, right? If, yeah. if anyone watched the Tigers and Titans, it was by far the worst game of rugby league we've probably seen in the past couple of years. I think Look, you could. Well, the headline is worst game of the century, and yeah. I think that's pretty apt. It's yeah, well, yeah, yeah. You could probably look back and find some worse, but that was pretty close. It was pretty fucking miserable. It's Driving home from rugby training, and you just hear. And the Titans have dropped the ball. Yeah. And the Tigers have dropped the ball. And the ti- and it was just back and forth. Yellow card. It was just like, what is going on? Look, for, for me, I guess my question for you on this is, you know, you spent all this money on David Fafita. You've got Tino as captain. You've got uh, exciting halves pairing. You've got great outside backs and stuff. It's What's going wrong? Like, what's happening? Yeah, Again, I, I I don't have the answers, and yeah. I'm not even that bothered to be fair. Again, I, I was I was like, wow, a good someone made a good point, and it was like alarm bells would be ringing if we had lost that game, and yeah. they probably should be ringing now. Like, I'm hoping we the Titans are taking a hard long look at themselves and going, yeah. we just won that game, and it was the shittest way to win a game. If you ever won a game, mm-hmm. that was the shittest way. So I, I hope they're taking a long look at themselves, and I go, everyone's on. David Feeder's not doing much at the moment, and I'm like, yeah, all of this is happening. And we're two and two, like, you know, that was a bad game for, yeah. for everyone on the field. Like, we're a young, a very young team. I think if this team makes the finals on their day, this team can beat anyone. Again, I, I haven't quite seen them put it into action this yeah. year. And I'm, I'm waiting for it. And I thought it was going to be at the Tigers where we did. But I'm happy to come away from two points. Now, the issue I had was one of the boys in my rugby team bet $50 that the Tigers would beat the Titans. 50-50 straight up. Yeah. And I'm laughing. I'm, I'm heading to the bank because the Tigers are paying like yeah. three fifty as it is. And so I go, you know what? So I'm getting obviously quite a lot of slack at about the seventy eighth minute mark. Yeah, you're 62? nervous. You're nervous, Luke. You're not even scoring. We score the world's shittest try, yeah. and I, all I can do is laugh. All I can do is laugh because you know what? We somehow pulled a rabbit out of the hat. And like I said, if unless the Tigers finish dead last by two points, or the Titans make the final by two points, no one's going to remember that no. game. No one's going to remember that game, yeah. other than maybe the fact that it was the shittest game that's ever been played. Yeah. But other than that, no one's going to remember that. Was that was that Upti? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Said a few, said uh, some things in the crash. <laughs> a d- a dead set Tigers fan, and he yeah. he had no idea what he was getting into. Um, Probably yeah. about the only person more miserable than me. This <laughs> oh no! Yeah. Wait, the Bulldogs fans. Maybe. Bulldogs fans no, struggling. No, know. no, actually, no, because they would have expected it. They would have expected that. Yeah, yeah, again, the, when the Storm are on like that, um, it is yeah. what it is. We're going to kind of skip the, the good, the bad, and ugly, unless you wanted to go into it, because I really want to talk about your Dragons. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll just run through mine quickly, yeah. because I think it is 
worth doing. So, and then this will lead us into the, the dragon. So, we've already talked about my ugly, which was the Titans and Tigers. Uh, my good was the Melbourne Storm. Look, Melbourne Storm and Penrith Panthers, I have to say, actually. Yeah. Sorry. Both these teams, um, you know, two seasons ago were playing for the Premiership. Um, Melbourne won it, and Panthers won, obviously, last year. So, both those teams looking like the form teams of the competition, looking as if this is going to be, these are the team, this is the standard in the NRL standard, right yeah. now. And Penrith playing without a few different players, no Toto, uh, Nathan Cleary's just come back, but looking like every bit of talent they unearth is a diamond. So, uh, uh, what's his name, May? out May on, on the wing. Yeah, yeah. and uh, the new centre as well. Targo, yeah, yeah. yeah, just young these young kids that look young like they're fathers. veterans. Yeah. Stephen Crichton's playing amazingly. Dylan Edwards is just insane. Luai and Cleary look... Luai the, must be the biggest pest I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, again, not really too bothered by it because he tends to back it up. Like, I'm like, yeah. if he didn't back that up, it would be, like, an annoyance. Like, it's a Josh Reynolds-type piece. Yeah. But he backs it fucking up, so I can't really say too much about it, but he's the biggest he pest. He and Cleary, when they play together, got a 93% winning rate. That's crazy. It's yeah. insane. It's crazy. crazy. When they've both been on the field at the same time. So, yeah. And then, um, and that's not even talking about the, the captain, Yo, who is four consecutive man of the match performances leading it's the Dally M tally. So, look, Penrith Panthers looking very good. Melbourne Storm, happy. Try scoring machine. Harry Grant, they, all, their, their, their core was back. Grant, Hughes, Munster, uh, all those, the new big three in Melbourne. Brandon Smith well, stuck Hughes his hand in the actually, pot. actually could be. The one to take Munster out because Munster's still in contract negotiations. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, realistically, Hughes just extended. So I'm looking at it's actually Hughes, um, Grant, and Puppy are the yeah. big three. And then I'm saying as much as don't don't True. get me wrong, I'm a, I'm a Queensland supporter, so Munster is great. Yeah, but I, 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 mean, I um, yeah, look, I, 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 I am I am hoping both to weaken the Melbourne Storm and for the benefit of rugby league that he does go to the Dolphins. Yeah, I, I think that'd be great. Um, but yeah, look. Well, yeah, big three, big four in Melbourne, whatever. You know, they've got such a solid... And they, they've got uh, this player from Newcastle, King, oh, who's playing... They, they said something like, at Newcastle, he averaged like 20, 30 minutes game, didn't really do anything. Melbourne is an 80-minute player, just playing absolutely insane. Um, yeah, Craig Bellamy's a fantastic coach. Uh, the Melbourne Storm are consistent winners. They're the New England Patriots of the NRL, basically. Uh, yeah, I mean, arguably them or the Roosters are the... Patriots of the, the NRL, but both consistently good teams, consistently uh, in finals contention, and yeah, I mean, if it's possible, I mean, last year, Melbourne won like 17 games in a row or something like that, or had some crazy streak of multiple tries. Yeah. They set records wherever they go. They look somehow even better this year, and they've lost Josh Adokar, and they they, sh- they shut like him down. Xavier Coach. Yeah, replace him. We just slot him in there. Slot one original winger for another one. Yeah. So, yeah, Melbourne Storm, Panthers, Panthers, very, very good. The bad, and then this will lead into our discussion on the Dragons, the bad of the round was whatever Anthony Griffin was drinking, smoking, or snorting <laughs> before he named his team ahead of Sunday night's oh. game because you take out two of the most exciting players in the Dragons squad, Junior Ramone and uh, Tyrell Sloan, and you put Jack Bird in at 5'8". Now, that was not a bad move. Uh, you know, Ramone's had some individual brilliance, but Bird's been solid, and he was still pretty good that game. Uh, and the fact that he hung on for the try that he scored was pretty great. So my okay, I can see that. But then to put Moses Embai in a fullback for Sloan, and Sloan's been one of our best attacking weapons all season long, either converting 
getting over for tries or getting really, really close. And I just don't get it. Now, I, look, I'm not going to say this, but you, you wanted to talk to me about the Dragons. So, so, uh, so ask away. Yeah. There's, there's, <laughs> there's, yeah, there's I, a lot of questions I have. Questions. And I, I wanted to get deep into the Dragons purely because it's Husey's team. And purely because I have I have a lot of questions as a Titans fan, it's not like I have a lot of success. So don't yeah. this isn't coming at as an attack or anything. Mm-hmm. It's just I want to know why, and I want to know your thought process because at the start of the season, you you know obviously a lot of punters you know talking about uh, pundits talking about you being a top eight team. You potentially you know you talked about it. You, you yeah. give me a court case. You talked about all these young guns. So my first question, and obviously you spoke on it. Tyrell Sloan, you taught you've taught them quite highly up again. He's just and I'm not the only one. No, no, no. Again, again, I'm not. uh, This is and this is an attack at Dragon Seeds. I'm trying to find out what is going on. Yeah, I just was just saying, like, yes, I talked up Sloan, but so has the. Oh, he's again. I even talked up. I think he's a good player. So I just do not understand where it comes. Even if his confidence is low, surely getting him as many games as possible. I 100% agree, and this uh, that's why I wanted to emphasize that I'm not the only one that's talked him up. He has been talked up as a future blue. He's been talked up by multiple players of the game as one of the future faces of the game. He's appearing in uh, media, like, advertisements for the game and things like that. He's got a great story as well. The only thought that makes sense to me is something that uh, I think it was either... It, it, one of the analysts on Fox League suggested was something like, you don't want to have these young guys with their bodies not used to playing a full NRL season at age 19, playing week in, week out, and uh, smashing themselves. And so they're giving him a little bit of a break. So I could I can understand that. I don't understand it if you're doing it that with him and with Amon. I would have thought you would have done one week on, one week off, or you would have held them on for this week and then do it next week when you got Jaden Sullivan back as well who could slot into, um, into the halves yeah, yeah. or something like that. So... I, I could see that as being... Re- that's about the only reason I could see. I could get a, there. I could get yeah. there. And I and I, I wouldn't be even angry at that because yeah. you saw what happened to Sam Walker last year yeah. who was a star. You see what happens and you, you hear about it from the Broncos. They've got a lot of good young players coming through and it's like they have to be prepared. Be, be, best example of what can go wrong is Carl Flanagan. He was thrust into exactly, the fire, yeah. playing full season... Injuries galore. Now he can't even make the Bronx, uh, the Bulldogs That's starting right. lineup. So. so I hundred percent. But what? Surely you come out and even say that. I would. I would openly yeah. say that. Like if I'm a Dragons, if I'm head coach or I'm, a, I'm in the team and we're discussing this and we're going, look, this is a long season. These guys are going to have long careers. We want them to be. Look at, and a, and a great example is Teddy. Like at the Tigers, obviously had a few injury yeah. runs, little things like that. And again, he was he was older than Sloan when he first started to mm-hmm. crack it, and now he's one of the best players in the game. And you go. Surely, if you go in that, you go. This is long picture stuff. We're we're yeah. big picture here. We're we're making sure these guys are right. You come out and say that, and and again, they sent him. So he played in reserve grade, and yeah. and your dragons reserve grade team is is mud. Absolutely got walloped. And I'm like, does that do him any better fit than to even just go? Let's just rest yeah. him for a week and let's come back to long season. I get. Um, so that was my first question. Yeah. And, and, and I think so. Uh, yeah, that's that's the theory. I still have question marks about it as, as you do yeah. as well. So. Yeah, I, don't, I, I simply don't know what was being thought of. I can't think it was a form thing because I could with Amon, I could maybe see it as a form thing. He maybe hasn't been as good as what people thought. He's been good. Yeah. He hasn't been superstar good. I still think he's got some development to do there. Yeah, could try, I don't mind but, trying something in the halves, yeah, but I just don't. I don't, I don't see it with Sloan. Like, yeah. as I said, I could see the I could see that Amon for Bird swap. Jack Bird's a really, really good player. He's versatile. He's He, he can play all over the park. He's got experience... 
at this level playing in the halves as well. I could see that, and especially I, I could see if, if Amon's lacking in confidence to put him down. Sloan, though, was in form, definitely wasn't lacking confidence. The only knock I have against Sloan really is that he's a little bit undersized and he needs to put on weight, but he'll do that as he gets older. He's only a teenager still. I mean, he's still growing. He's still got years ahead of him to pack on weight, and we're seeing that with uh, other players as well. So, uh, like, like Pappenhausen. Yeah. So... Look, I, I, I don't understand it. So I really that don't. Was, that was the first question. And, and again, I think there's a, a few people baffled. And it wouldn't surprise me, I guess, if, if something does come out that, that this happened or this was the reason. So my sec- second question, obviously, now. One, one, you know, winning season in the past 10 years, since 2010, 2011, I think you made it. Yeah. Um, and then you had 2018 when you made the finals, won 15 games, finished seventh. If if you've taken these players out and there's there's no real reason behind it, do we, do you think you're making finals still this year? Now the inner yeah. dragons you probably wants to say yes, as I want to say my titans are going to make the finals this year because yeah. it may still happen. But it's it, it's really hard to say because when they that game against the Panthers sticks out to me, yep. where they fought so hard and they would have collapsed normally last year. What scared me about this game is that it reminded me of last year. Yeah. And I think it's because of those moves that happened. So the other sort of conspiracy theory we had as we were uh, getting set up in the studio here was that uh, perhaps it was not necessarily a confidence thing for Sloan and Amon. It was a confidence thing and a trust thing for the rest of the team to be like, look at what... The difference is when we've got these two guys on the pitch compared to when they're playing lower grade. You need to trust their judgment. You need to trust their um, abilities. You need to trust uh, not only what they can do as an individual, but as teammates as well. So that is some real psycho shit, basically. Yeah. That's some real, like, <laughs> Getting mind, deep in there. that's hook, mind fuck, like, just... That's it's sort of a conspiracy theory you hear about in the rumour columns in the back page of the Morning Herald and things like that. So I don't put too much weight behind that, but that's just something I'm thinking that that's one of those things. I don't think that would be maybe necessarily the primary reason behind it, but that might be something the coach has got in the back of his mind of, okay, well, you know, maybe, you know, some of the other players aren't really respecting what this 19-year-old kid can do. Let's see how they do without him. So, so yeah, kind of you, you, 100% yes or no, you think still make, you think, think you're making the finals? Yes, yeah. because the the the, hold the hold rest hold of the competition you... is not there's 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 a top two yeah. at the moment maybe a top four don't think there's a set top eight and so who would your top four be Storm Panthers Roosters yeah and Sharks Sharks okay so that's a good question because again Eels you could chuck in there when they're on their day they, yeah. they beat the Storm you know yeah I, yeah, I could I, w- I could almost yeah I, I could put them in there above the Roosters Roosters so that that was the top four I thought you were going to say yeah so if you think about it you've played three of those top four teams. The the only the only thing that has me down the eels is legitimately that first game against the Titans yeah. where it was like this yeah, they, they, yeah, yeah, and they, they very they didn't look great last couple of weeks they they've gotten better so better. so yeah so getting off the Parramatta horse because we could talk about them yeah. on another day so you, you've played those three of those top four teams yeah you know to think about it to to put it nicely yeah. you've also played the Warriors who since losing that game were two and one yeah and now sitting seventh so sitting fifteenth you've played a team the team sitting seventh fourth third and first yeah. So it's not all, you know, done and dusted. Yeah. That's what just about makes this whole round that we just went by with the Dragons so much more confusing. Now, 
what, what I'm really interested in and why, and this will be the last point on the Dragons. At halftime and just after halftime, after you kept the penalty, yeah. what was the score like? 12-8. 12 12 eight. Eight. Four, four, eight. four point difference. Say you go on to lose that game by four points. Yeah. What happens then with the with the changes? Because it looks like it's a good it's, good change. Like I know I, I still think that those changes aren't permanent. Yeah. So what do you think the team this week is going to be? Team this week. So we're playing the Rabbitohs. Yeah. Right. And again, just just in those key spots. You yeah. Know. So in your in your Sloan, spine. Sloan should be back. And by can't be fullback. Yeah. So I I would say we could see someone else at fullback. I don't think it will be Embi. I think Embi has been good at fourteen. Yeah. It's been serviceable. He was serviceable in for McCulloch at nine. Um, so I McCulloch will start at nine. I think though we might see if Jaden Sullivan's healthy, we might see Embi drop to get Sullivan a chance to be on the pitch because he is a he's an exciting player. I think or Sullivan could come in potentially at six. Yeah. Um. Or yeah, it's difficult. Like I don't think Bird was bad at six. I don't. I don't think it's bad at all. I think Amon's got a better kicking game. Uh, and is a better runner of the ball individually, but I think Bird's better playing off the back of other people, and he's better at then setting things up as well. So the only thing I can say for certain is that it won't be Moses and by at fullback. Interesting. So yeah, I just wanted to talk about the Dragons purely because Hughes's got such high hopes for them, and it's yeah. been kind of a after that first game a, a bring back to reality these past two weeks. I guess you've. you've yeah. I think, you know, you've conceded about 70, 70 just about 80 points. So yeah, it's, it's, not, a, it's, not, it's not pretty at all. Uh, it's not pretty. Scary times. Yeah. I am tempted to get on a punt for you guys to finish with the wooden spoon. But I'm going to give you a couple more weeks no, to redeem I, yourself. I, I, with the Tigers playing the way they are? I wouldn't be surprised if you lost to the Tigers. Um, we did but, last year. So. <laughs> I still said it. All right, I said they were going to finish lower than 12 in our court case. So, oh, 12, I might have said 12. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah. Um, but that is that is our NRL chat. We'll just quickly touch base on the NFL for the yeah. last five minutes. Not a lot really happening. No, more, yeah, definitely heading into the draft. I've got a countdown on my phone. It's less than four weeks away from the draft now. So really focusing on the next generation to come through. But some off-season moves, Devante Parker going from the suddenly crowded Dolphins wide receiver room to their rival Patriots, um, which is good. I think Mac Jones needs some weapons. Yeah. Any weapons. Um, he needs some, needs some help. Basically, um, so I think that's that's a good move for the for, for both both squads there. Um, Dolphins get back some draft capital. Patriots get some help there. So nice, clean handshake. Everybody walks away happy. But people aren't so happy is Bobby Wagner to the Rams <laughs> on a five year, fifty million dollar deal, something it's like bloody that. Bloody good deal. Yeah, and yeah, going. I, I saw Cooper Cup tweeted out, thank God I don't have to play against him, I can play with him now. Because <laughs> running routes over the middle, he just got lit up by Wagner time and time again. Yeah, look, it's it's crazy. It is absolutely crazy that Bobby Wagner's gone from Seattle. This is such a completely... This is It's now... No one remains from the Super Bowl winning side. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Wagner was such a force for such a long time in Seattle. It's going to be crazy to see him on the Rams. And, yeah, Rams loading up for round two. It seems like that. You know, they placed Robert Woods with Allen Robinson. you got Bobby Wagner now roaming around the middle of the field. you got your key pieces with Stafford and Cup still there. Uh, they're going to be looking offensive line at some point in the draft, and they don't have a first-round draft pick. So what? There's, this draft is so loaded with offensive line talent that very real chance that the, the Rams could, could repeat again. So, what? Uh, and then... 
Speaking of the uh, Seahawks, uh, I believe Cap had been linked to them a little bit, but he's back in the news cycle throwing ahead of a Michigan pro day, pro day <laughs> and things like that. So just begging for just wanting a chance to be in the NFL in any capacity. Uh, oh, I wouldn't say any capacity. Well, he he's w- been offered any capacity. Any well, he said, he said he's shooting for a backup job. Is he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did not read that because that's been his issue in the past is someone said, oh, we'll come for a backup job and he hasn't been quite prevalent to jump into that role because he still thought he was a starter, wanted starter money. He's, as you assume, you yeah. would have you you know you put your own price tag on yourself, and if he he thought he yeah, was he that. sort of put it put it sort of what Cam Newton did when and when Cam Newton get, didn't get signed until a couple weeks before the season exactly. started with Patriots and things like that. Um, yeah, look, I actually recently watched some highlights of his playoff run <laughs> where they went to the Super Bowl, and man, he was he was Lamar Jackson esque. Yeah. Like he, he was, was electric. He was an incredible. You player. forget how about how good he was. Yeah, like, exactly. Like just and he might have had a a. a Lesser than stellar season the, the last season he played, but he definitely had a lot left in the tank. I could see why he was shooting for starter position, but yeah, I mean, this might just be one of those stories where it just keeps coming around every year. Every Who's going to have a have a crack at him? Um, and the thing that's sort of telling for me is that the the Steelers, who've been in the market for a mobile quarterback and have been shown to be willing to take a punt on people caught up in controversy, Dwayne Haskins, Brian Flores, have steered clear of Kaepernick mm. the whole time. So I don't know if that says more about Kaepernick or more about how the league is looking at Kaepernick compared to some of these other players. Like Brian Flores is actively suing the league yeah. and t- other teams within the league. And the Steelers and other owners have come out and said that hasn't changed how we deal with each other. Like the Steelers and the other owners have said that's that's all fine. Um, then again, the Cleveland Brown owners have come out and said just because we've uh, picked up a player with 22 counts of uh, sexual assault in the court going on at the moment doesn't hasn't changed how anyone's dealt with us. So the fact that those things are sort of seen as business as usual while Kaepernick is still so excluded is... Strange. It's very strange. Mm. It's very strange. And I don't know if it's just because the league has had this historic... Uh, black mark against Kaepernick, whereas Brian Flores is not so bad. Because, because yeah, I don't, I and I don't, know, and the league just doesn't want to admit any past shame with Kaepernick, where they realise now, hey, we probably did the wrong thing here or something. I don't know, but it is one of those situations that anyone who seems to be, who seems to come anywhere near Kaepernick, swiftly backs off, and you've got to imagine it's a. A scenario like out of The Godfather or something where they wake up next one <laughs> with a horse's head in their bed or something like stay away from Ka- Kaepernick or something like that because by now surely someone should have taken a punt on him interest, with all the especially. Inspire Change movement and charity and stuff the NFL's set up and all the positive steps they've taken towards equality and still he can't get a job Definitely. so there's there's more than meets the eye with Colin Kaepernick something 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 there but yeah. we'll never ever know about it um yeah, I think that's that's the that's the the most of the NFL there. Yeah. Like, I don't think there's much else. We'll probably probably do a mock draft between us or something like yeah, that. We'll probably get the week before the draft, draft or we'll something, get something like that. Going. When, when information is a bit more solid, so I we think. know what's actually yeah could be yeah. happening. We'll do something like that. We'll get an early season power rankings probably after the draft. Yeah. from Husey. Yeah, I mean, you look at the 
just thinking of mock drafts, you look at like the original the mock draft one that people did oh at the start God. of the off season this compared is... to now. Picks are all over the place. Player needs have changed with free agency and trades and everything like that. Uh, and so again, in the free, next three weeks, it's going to change still so yep, much. I'm exactly. like, this draft is insane. Um, big news out of Manly. I don't know if you saw this before you came to the studio. No. Tom DeBroich out for four weeks. Oh, out here, yeah. Wow, that's a, that's going to put a, a big stop on on there after yep. he just ran for two hundred and eighty nine odd meters, mm-hmm. uh, and was a dominant force. So that'll be interesting where they go from for, for I guess maneuver these next four weeks, yeah. and it's up to four weeks. So he could normally it's a, I think it's a six to eight week um, MCL tear because uh, he's getting surgery returns. So it'll be a quick return, probably one of the quicker returns you'll see from MCL. Wouldn't put it past Tommy, yeah. But again, and you kind of want to probably play it safe if you're a New South Welshman, but. Um, a lot. Even if you're manly, like you, you don't know, want to lose him. For you got two, you got years, into yeah. The, yeah you got into the finals last year with him out for a good good chunk of the season. Mm-hmm. So yeah, play it safe because you and that, this is also why I'm not panicking about the draft. There's plenty of season left. Plenty, plenty of season, season left. Hundred percent. That's why the Titans are going to win the premiership. Um, no, that that's us for for this week. Yeah. Uh, a big Super Rugby coming up next two weeks. I think. What are we? So we got. This weekend, next week, I think three weeks' time, it is Super Round in Melbourne, mm. which will be fantastic. Yes. Uh, I will try and cover as much as I can mm. um, throughout that. Uh, I know right around the corner is actually the Waratahs versus the Hurricanes. I don't know where they're playing. I think yeah. it's, I have a funny feeling it's here, but we'll have to do something quite cool for that. Yes, definitely. Um, as my Hurricanes put. 100-odd points on your Waratahs. Um, other than that, I think that's all the sports news out there. Oh, congratulations to the Australian cricket team, the Australian yes. women cricket team, who uh, won the World Cup today in New Zealand. And congratulations to the Dragons NRLW team for making the grand final against the NRLW yeah. team of the Roosters, who took down the Broncos, who won't be in the, the Premiership final. for the fourth year in a row. They only had three in a row, or two in a row, <laughs> something like that. They had, they've had enough. The time yeah. is over. This year... It's the Dragons' turn. So I think this is also why I'm not worried about the Dragons. They're going to win the Premiership. <laughs> so then I can be... Look, Dragons have already finished top eight. I didn't say it was the men's team. They finished top eight. <laughs> hey, Titans' team finished top eight as well. Yeah, there you go. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, success. Yes. Great success for our league teams after a, a terrible week. Mm. Um, but we'll, we'll get back on the horse next week, you know? Yeah. You guys have got the tight... Uh, the, who've got the rabbits? We've I got think the I have a funny feeling we have... Who do we have? Oh. This is scary. We're going to see some Burgess and Burgess, which is why I'm, I'm excited to see. Is, Bur- is, is your Burgess actually allowed to play? Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, is. he is. Is he, he is. cleared of everything? I, it oh, we've got the Eels. I hate schedules sometimes. Back against the back against the, They play them in round run. It's only round five and we're playing them again. Yeah. I'm like, what? how does that? I don't know. Someone with a whiteboard did some chalk shit. Yeah. Alrighty, team. Thank you for joining us. Episode 15. Uh, we, we learnt a lot about Husey's Dragons and yep. how much they're going to struggle for the rest of the year. Thank you. Peace out. Struggling with success. <laughs>